What's up, y'all? Uh, same as always. Welcome back. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, I always love doing this. I love every second of this. I love every guest. They're always amazing. Uh, the show is amazing. Every one of y'all are amazing. So uh, for anybody that's new, welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. And um, so that being said, I really have to give y'all another shout out because we have that big, big event in Tunica. And um, I'm going to be emceeing the whole event. I'm going to be a huge part of it. And I needed your help to get there. And you guys just killed it in like three episodes. Just absolutely amazing. I'm there. We're booked. That section is over with. And so we're going to, you know, we need a lot of fundraising. I know it, it just, that's just the way this business goes because we're all volunteers. And so tonight's uh, fundraising will go directly to uh, Eskimo Libertarian. So you guys saw the struggles that she had. And so my team is going to put her donation links into the comments. Please, please, please donate to her. Uh, we need somewhere between three and four hundred dollars over the next week to get her up and running properly. So I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. And I'm going to be using my own money to help her out. Not a joke. I'm doing that. Right. Several of us are. So please, please, please donate to Eskimo Libertarian. Let's get her some whiffy, as she said. And I absolutely love that. Uh, the Tunica event, July 9th through the 11th at the Horseshoe Casino and Hotel in Tunica. Please show up. A lot of people are coming. Bunches. Spike will be there. Adam Kokesh will be there. I'll be there. Uh, right now, it's looking like Matt Wright, uh, myself, Nalik, or Eskimo, and um, Spike will all be there for a Muddied Waters special. But we can't do it without your help. We need the money to get them there. So donate, donate, donate. Please donate to her, donate to Matt, donate to Muddied Waters, donate to me if you need to, and I'll appropriate the funds uh, exactly how they're supposed to go. And so now that we got that part out of the way, that you know I have a great disdain for, but I am falling into a little bit of comfortability for it because uh, I've got a lot of good people on my team and on my side really, really bearing down on my neck saying, we have to do this. It's extremely important. We need you, we need us, so please help us out. With all that being said, Natalie Bruno, running for governor of Oklahoma. I've been accused of saying that that's my favorite state. I can either... Con uh, confirm nor deny that but they do show me a lot of love so i i really like natalie a bunch i know you will too and i'm super excited to have her here so with that being said let's bring her on natalie hey how's it going everyone how's it going with you it's a little warm over there right now. oh it is i was just telling uh cajun here so uh just talking about how we can pivot in a short period of time. So we ended up in our house today having a plumbing issue, which caused the, uh, I guess, switch on our air conditioner to shut off. So we have, have workers in our main part of the house trying to fix my air conditioning. So it's like 90 something degrees today in Oklahoma. So I'm over here like, so if I'm getting red and hot and sweating like a sinner in church, it's because it's like literally really hot in my room. So uh, just bear with me there. Your AC went out. Yes. I can't imagine that in my area. I know Oklahoma's hot. 
it's hot and it's it's humid right now because like the last week and a half it's been raining more than we ever get like we usually are like borderline you know fire danger you know and stuff right now because of the winds but we've had so much rain because it's been so warm yesterday and today it's like muggy and hot and mosquitoes are out and I'm like, and thank, thank goodness my husband, um, <laughs> he does long control and pest control. So he's at least been like spraying for mosquitoes and stuff around the house that, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it has been like miserable. It has been miserable. That's awesome. Uh, tell Taylor, I'm pretty sure it's Taylor, right? Yeah, Your Taylor. yeah, yep. yeah. He pretty requested me uh, yesterday or today. Yeah. Give him a shout out. Uh, oh, okay. So brunolawns.com. I did his website also. Um, but yeah, That's so right. the mosquitoes have been horrible. So it's been great. Yeah, that's so awesome. Taylor, I hope you're watching, my man. I help run a pest control company, like quite literally. It's just, oh, you do? Yes. I didn't know that about you. That, yep. Yeah, that's that's his industry. He's been in pest control and lawn care for years. So yeah, same. It's yeah. a small world. It so. is very much so. Me and my boss, uh, we started this business together, him and a couple of uh, investors. And so I was his first hire, but we knew each other in the past. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's crazy. But yeah, yeah. So it's been nice, at least in that aspect, because we've had to keep all the doors open. So, you know, it doesn't make them go away, but it, it but it helps. So, yeah, absolutely. The mosquitoes have been torrential over the last few days, like unreal. Yes. Ridiculous. And so if you don't deal with mosquitoes, there's people from li literally all over the world that watch the show. You don't deal with mosquitoes on an average daily basis. It is brutal. Well, so. and I have like, I don't know if it's like sweet blood or something like that, but if I'll be like with a group of people and we'll be at an outdoor event and everybody else will be fine. Nobody's even getting bit and I'll come home and I'll have like 50 bites on my body. I don't know what it is, but it's like they just draw themselves to me and then I have to like bathe in Benadryl lotion. And it's, 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 it's now science segment time. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, so yeah, for the yeah, tell me, I love, I love science facts. Let's go. For those that do not know, and when I found this information out, I was floored and everybody I've ever told is like, wow, that's really cool. And so uh, mosquitoes will, their frequency of bite on a specific person is based solely on their ability to process cholesterol. So that's why different people get bit and different people get bit at different times of the day because we all process our cholesterol differently throughout the day. That's also why women get bit more than men because women process their cholesterol differently. That's why some people get bit more in the morning. Some people get bit more in the evening because it's all contingent on the fact, on the fact of how you process cholesterol. That is interesting. I did not know that at all. And that's actually really kind of cool to know that now I'm like, so does that mean I process it better and faster? And that's why I get bit so much. Like, can I throw this into like, you know, turn this into a compliment thing? <laughs> or should I go check my cholesterol levels and I might have cholesterol <laughs> No, we're going to run with the first one. You're <laughs> okay, probably, we'll do that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, pretty healthy. I don't think the, the goodness of your cholesterol matters. It just matters how you process it. Okay. So I'm going to say you're processing it well. There we go. We'll go with that. I like it. Very good. So what's up in Oklahoma? When did you decide to run for governor? Okay, so it was probably mid last month and, and over the course of the year, like we'd been making kind of jokes about it, jokes about me running. And then as it's been, you know, kind of crouching out, because obviously, you know, filing period isn't until April of next year. But us as libertarians, because we have that little bit of disadvantage, we want to try to plan earlier. Right. So we've actually been talking about, OK, so who's going to run for what? 
you know, what's available. Um, because of the census, they rezoned everything. So I actually had a plan that was a little bit different um, that I was actually going to run for one of the uh, state Senate seats. Uh, but with the rezone, I got pushed into a completely different district that's not even having an election this year because we offset them. And so uh, I was like, well, dang it. I was like, I had this whole plan. You know, I knew who I was going against. I knew my tactics, you know, and then it completely got derailed. And then uh, I talked to uh, Chris Powell and a couple of the other amazing Oklahoma libertarians that we have. And we were discussing it. And I was like, oh, you know, I could always run for governor. And they're like, no, really, you should. And I was like, haha, yeah, you know, maybe one time they're like, no, really, you should really consider running. And so, um, you know, I always like to do things on a little bit faster path anyways. And so I, I did a little bit of heart searching and prayed about it, talked to my family about it. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm one of those people that believe that things happen for a reason that in my whole life has kind of led me down a certain path. And so I was like, you know what, let's do it. Um, you know, there's a lot of issues popping up right now, you know, within Oklahoma that I feel like I can kind of speak to and that I'm passionate about. Um, so if, if, you know, why wait, you know, might as well do it now. And so I'm, I'm going at it 150%. I love it. And I think everybody that knows you believes that for sure. Uh, you're very passionate, you're very driven. And so what led you down this path, right? Like give us some backstory, if you don't mind, tell us what got you here. Yeah, no, I, I love that you asked that actually, because I really don't get to talk too much about like the whole backstory. Usually we get like the normal questions, like, why are you a libertarian or, yeah. or stuff like that? You know, which are great questions, don't get me wrong. Um, but the kind of what led me down this path of moving from just activism to actually running for an office is I've had a lot of things kind of happen in my life, like pinnacle moments that, you know, not to be cliche or cheesy, but there's moments that happen that are kind of negative sometimes in your life. And there's always somebody out there that says, hey, you know, you know, God puts hard things in your life to use for good later. Right. And most of the time we're like, yeah, whatever. That's just an excuse that people use to make you feel good about having bad times. But I've kind of, you know, in my adult life now reflected back on that. And I really feel that in my case, that is definitely the situation. Uh, so a little bit of like, we're going to give like the 36 years of Natalie in like a five minute spiel right now. So um, I'm a military brat. So my father was in the military for, I think, 33 years. He was um, in the Army. Uh, he was an NCO. Uh, he was a command ser sergeant major. Whenever he retired, he had every single ribbon and you know badge you could possibly have. Um, he was amazing. I don't remember him ever calling in sick one day in my entire life. Um, so I definitely got that work ethic and stuff from him. Uh, he was an amazing dad. He was a single dad growing up. Um, and so him and, and my siblings and then my mother had um, mental health issues. My biological mom, uh, my stepmom, uh, Denise, uh, who I refer to as my mom. Uh, you know, they got together when I was, I think, late middle school um, and she took over from there. But so I had a lot of experience with mental health, um, lived, growing up in a single parent, you know, household. Um, having to help raise my little brothers because of the fact that, you know, my dad was doing the best he can. And anybody that's been in the military knows that military does not make, you know, fantastic money. Um, you're definitely not, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a veteran, right? Yeah, yeah I thought so. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they don't make great money. Uh, so but he did an amazing job with what he had um, instilled in me a great work ethic. And then um, I when I graduated, I didn't even actually graduate from a normal high school. I went to a charter school and uh, did a fast track program because I was going to join the military. Um, okay. But then 9-11 happened. And then my dad was like, eh, I'd really rather you not kind of do that right now. Um, so I kind of chose a different path. I moved from Texas to Oklahoma. 
uh, which I was born in Oklahoma, but I moved here back here when I was 18. I got married super young. I had my twin daughters when I was 20 and they have autism. Both of them do. So I have a lot of great experience with um, raising children on the spectrum and dealing with, you know, the education system, public education system when it comes to having children with autism. Um, I'm going to, and I'm probably going to caveat a couple of times just to kind of hit some points that I think are important. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, uh, so with the children with autism thing, one thing that if you have a high functioning child that you really struggle with sometimes is a lot of the school districts don't really accommodate high functioning children well, because you have the lower functioning children, which is typically like your Down syndrome, you're severely disabled, you know, that have a uh, special ed you know, but your high functioning children aren't quite ready for regular classes too. So they get stuck in classes with children that have a lot lesser abilities than them. So they kind of don't get the attention that they need. And so it's really kind of a struggle that parents kind of deal with. Um, it's gotten better, but it's not perfect yet. Um, probably never will be, to be honest, but it's moving in the right direction, just really slow. Um, so I had them, went through a divorce, um, dealt with being a single mom. Um, whenever my ex-husband and I were still together, um, we had some struggles with homelessness. We were living in a hotel for probably five or six months at one point, like literally in a one room hotel. So having that as an experience of knowing how it is to literally get pushed down to nothing and have to build that back up, um, you know, when it comes from a career perspective, um, obviously I got remarried again, um, I have, uh, you know, two other sons. So I've got four kids total that I birthed and then I also have two stepsons. So I have six children now. Um, yes. And so they're great. And I, I just worked my way up. I had breast cancer in 2017, um, which is a crazy situation all of on its own. And so I got to deal with the healthcare system. And this is a funny story. Well, I say funny, funny looking back on it, I'll say. Right, right, um, right. But the situation that was interesting with that is the fact that, um, at the time I decided to do a career change. So I had worked my way up in marketing and advertising. Um, I have a very good reputation in that industry here in Oklahoma. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to school and finish my degree. Um, I have an associates in alcohol and substance abuse counseling because of the philanthropy that I do. Uh, nice. But I wanted to actually get a degree in my field, um, even though it's not really necessary, just so I can say, hey, all these credits that I've been building up, you know, at least I can get a piece of paper for it, right? Yeah. Um, so I decided to go back to working for uh, the casinos to deal blackjack. And then I'd gotten into a car accident to where I broke my hand and you can still kind of see the scar a little bit. Yeah, I can see uh, that. Fracture. And so then I couldn't deal anymore. I lost my job because you can't deal in the pits with a cast on. It's a, a security hazard. Uh, Cause you know, you could conceal chips and stuff in there. You know, it's just part of policy. And so, so when I lost my job, it was two weeks later when I found the lump in my breast and that ended up being breast cancer. So I had no job, no insurance wow. um, dealing with breast cancer, which actually at the time ended up being a little bit of a blessing because since I was unemployed, I qualified for a program called Oklahoma Cares, where they basically, if you have breast cancer or cervical cancer and you're low income, they go ahead and pay for your treatments for you. But here's where it gets really, really sucky. So I was going through treatments in the middle of my treatments, everything was going fine. You know, I was definitely feeling that, oh, you know, maybe I lost my job for a reason, because if I hadn't, the insurance was good, but not great. And so I would have had to have come up with all this out of pocket money that now I don't have to. Uh, but my daughter's father passed away, my twins. So he died unexpectedly due to some complications. And because of that, you know, I had gone back to work, but 
not to the full capacity I could, um, but since they started receiving uh, his death benefits through Social Security, it kicked my income up to a point where it knocked me off of insurance and they didn't even tell me about it until I got a $130,000 bill from the hospital um, from wherever I was um, having my reconstructive surgery. So um, all of these kinds of crazy scenarios I dealt with, and I'm not saying these to be like, oh, Natalie, um, but just right. to say like, I've, I've had all these different kinds of situations happen in my life that really gave me a firsthand perspective of all the different broken pieces of our government and of, you know, our programs and what works good and what doesn't work good. Um, so that way now here I am, I've worked myself back up. I'm a director of digital strategy at a fantastic agency here in Oklahoma city. I'm thriving. I'm doing fantastic. Um, and I really feel like I wouldn't have been as good of a candidate, you know, for the people, if I haven't had these different situations in my life that I had to go through personally. So when I'm talking to someone that's going through a struggle, if we're passing legislation that affects different kinds of people, I don't look at just face value. I look past that into, well, how does that affect this? And how's that going to affect that? Um, so we don't run into these situations where legislators all the time, they pass bills and they just look at the face value of it and don't think of how it affects everything around it, you know, like the butterfly effect. Um, so I really feel like all those things in my life really kind of drove me down this path to where between that and my philanthropy and the organizations I've worked with, um, I feel like I've kind of checked enough boxes to really give me a well-rounded, um, understanding of things, you know, going forward and being a governor for the people. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, I think you're going to, you're going to hit a lot of, uh, heartstrings that you're going to pull or tug a lot of heartstrings there with, uh, with kids. Uh, I've got three of them uh, with school choice. That's yeah. a huge deal for us. Uh, not just school choice, but free market education. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times where uh, teachers that have the opportunity to take care of kids that need or have special needs, mm -hmm. um, they don't get to take care of them properly because they're overloaded. They're underpaid. And that's because of government overreach. I will rant. I am sorry. Oh, that's no, a big deal exactly for me. Right. You are you are preaching to the choir. And, you know, school choice is actually a situation that we go round and round and round with here in Oklahoma. And this is where, you know, another one of those little caveats. So as I mentioned, I have, you know, six children, four biological and two stepsons. And with COVID, you know, I have I have two daughters that are, you know, my twins. They're the autism. OK, they're in high school. They're going to be 16 in August. And they are on the Lindsay Nicole Henry grant and go to a private school. And what that basically is, is it it's if you have a child that was on an IEP, it allows the um, state to help pay for a portion of the uh, private school costs. If you feel like it will better benefit their education, which in this case, it definitely was because we, we do live in a fantastic um, school district, but the class sizes are so large. They, you know, one of them has, um, audible sensory issues. So like noises and class size and the size of the school, um, they really, really needed smaller class sizes where they, and uh, individuals that could actually, you know, have the time to teach a little bit differently with them. I mean, they're both in mainstream classes. Um, the one that I said has the audio problems. I mean, she's, you know, American, um, she's a national honor society. She just got inducted wow. for next year. You know, cause she's going to be a junior, very, very bright girls. They're taking normal classes, but they just they need extra help and they need that small class size to keep them on that same track. 
Um, so, so that's one thing right there. And then I'm homeschooling my two sons, my two biological sons. So I'm homeschooling them because they're at that point where they've had older sisters that are, you know, smart and helping them. And so they hate normal school because they feel like they get bored. You know, they like learning more things like my 10 year old, like he's bound to determine my 10 year old. I'll tell you what. So, so he plays sport and he tells everybody that he talks to, he's like, I want to be an engineer when I grow up, but just in case I can't make it as an engineer, I have a backup plan of being a basketball player. Nice. And I'm like, I think that usually works the other way around, but cool. We'll go it with does. that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll take that priority right there. Right. Uh, and then my two stepsons go to public school. And so like, I literally have a horse in every race and, you know, every, you know, we can't have a one size fits all education plan because every family and every child is completely different. So spot on. That's so great. That, it, absolutely. Because, and I've said this before, and I know that you're going to agree wholeheartedly. Um, some of the best teachers I've ever had or I've ever known of are the ones that cater to the student specifically, mm-hmm. not having the general just all around. Oops, sorry. Just in case you guys can still hear me. <laughs> just kidding. It sounds like you're whispering, at least to me. Check. Check. Little, there we go. You're Check. back. Yay. Okay. Sorry about that, y'all. My microphone became unplugged. So anyway, back to the topic at hand real quick. Um, the best teachers I've ever known or ever come across, and my mom, uh, my stepmom, is a, she's getting dropped. She's about to, to retire from teaching right now, are the ones that – cater to the students. They're the ones that look at what the student needs and address those needs specifically. Not some, not just a straight up testing diagram where one size fits all. It's this student needs these particular uh, special needs, right? And, and I'm not talking about just special needs students. I, I believe every student is special needs. Some are, you know, obviously more required that my, my son has got a very, uh, very, significant language situation. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I will keep talking about this, but I, I don't want to, you tell us, tell us what, uh, what <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you though. So I have, I have quite a few friends who are educators here. Um, you know, I have a friend that's a, a principal at a high school here in Oklahoma city. And, you know, the, I'm one of those people and probably a lot of libertarians will disagree with me or maybe they won't. I don't know. I feel like in the in the beginning of a lot of these situations, the um, legislators had the you know honest interest. You know they had the best interest at heart. Sorry, there we go. There's a wording I was looking for. You know they did want to do good. It's just that they chose choices that were not great. And we have these situations where you know there's these questions like, well, we already have X amount of the budget going to education. You know that's crazy high. And it's like, yes, we do, but you put so many stipulations on it, you know, it should be completely up to the schools and the parents and the teachers on how that money is spent, you know, and, you know, in their thought process, they're like, you know, every dollar is earmarked. Like you have to use this much in your budget for, um, you know, textbooks and this much for building repairs and this much for this, you know, but the problem is, is, you know, just look at Oklahoma, for example. Okay. So in Edmond, 
which is where I live, we have, we have wise, we have tons of parks. Our, our city has like all these great, um, you know, we have all these recreational sports. We have more recreational sport options than you could ever want. That's okay. Awesome. So the need to put a whole lot of funding into elementary um, sports and athletics, for example, isn't as big of a need because that need is already being met by the community. So they should be able to have the option to transfer those dollars into other things that the school needs. We're in more rural parts of Oklahoma because we have, you know, very small rural towns. It could be the exact opposite. Like they might not have even have a YMCA. They might not have any sort of recreation for their kids and they should have the opportunity to be able to pivot money in the opposite direction. You know, so each individual school district, each, you know, individual, you know, region and school has its different needs that it has. Or, you know, um, there's towns here in Oklahoma that have big, um, like technology employers. And I'm trying not to use actual names of businesses. No, uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. That donate electronics, for example. Okay, so if we have an employer there that already offers to sponsor all the electronics at that school, then we don't need technology fund there. They should be able to have the option to move that to teacher pay, you know, and it's just, we become so, you know, micromanagey when it comes to, you know, the money and, you know, how I explain it to people too, you know, when you add in the department of education and the state department of education, like you're just paying for more salaries. That's all you're doing. And you're getting less money back. You're not getting a better education. You know, quality of education has been scientifically shown that it's going down, you know, so we need to remove all those layers so you actually get the full dollars. You know, obviously as libertarians, you know, we I, ideally we would like for there to be, you know, you know, no taxes and, and all of that taxation is theft, but we're not going to be able to get there tomorrow. Right. So right. at least we should be able to the dollars that we are taking from people need to actually go 100 percent to what we're saying it's going for. Yeah, no question. That's a big issue for me uh, personally. I know it's a big issue for all of us, but allocating those resources properly is a huge, huge deal. So uh, for you and mm -hmm. us specifically, homeschool uh, homeschoolers, right? Yeah. Uh, we still pay the same taxes as everybody else, but we're not getting the help that we need the same as everybody else gets them. Mm -hmm. And even their help is crap because those funds aren't allocated properly. And so one of the big issues for me is that free, uh, free market education where we can free up that money that we already pay to yeah. the government for education for our children. And those resources are put into the proper channels to the student, to the teacher, to the family. That's a big issue, huge issue. It is. And, you know, there's this misconception that if we if we do it that way, then the lower income schools and areas are not going to have as much funding as funding um, as the others. But one thing I always remind people and bring up is they don't have enough funding now. Yeah. How many nonprofit organizations out there that spend their time, spend their money on making sure that the children in those underserved areas are being taken care of? That's not going to change because of the way we change the government funding at all. It's going to increase, you know. Spike said it, Joe said it, a million people have said this a million times. You know, if you give money to an individual and say, hey, you know, we want to invest this money in this school, how do you think we should do it? They're not going to say, hey, let's give it to the government because they're going to spend it really good. No, they're going to say, hey, there's, you know, there's this nonprofit, there's that nonprofit, you know, they spend so much time in this school. Then they're never going to say, hey, the State Department of Education, I'll tell you what, you should give that a <laughs> to them. It's never going to happen. Okay. You know, one thing that was brought up recently that I thought was a really cool fact. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, so don't ask me. 
is so the United States is actually number one in the world for giving per capita. And I oh, think, yeah. I mean, and I have, you've never hear people talk about that, but we are givers mm-hmm. and, you know, there are people out there, you know, myself included that I've, I've put a lot of money into the community, not because, you know, I, you know, it's nice being able to claim it on your taxes so I can get some more of my money back, but I do it because I, I care about other people's children. You know what I mean? I know that our cheese uses, you know, the children are our future, but they, they are. And the government, if the government isn't going to do it, we're forced to do it out of our own pockets. Yeah, no question. And well, going back to what you just said about we're the number one voluntary country in the world. No question. I've got articles sitting in my messenger. I'll give the shout out. Ari Gabriel. Uh, yes, Ari said, was actually one of them that we were just, were you in that group too, when we were all t- talking about it? I I lose track of so many groups. Ari was one of the ones we were discussing about it and she'd pulled that up or he, uh, he had pulled that up for us. Um, And he had uh, pulled up all that information about um, us being number one. Thank you, Ari, by the way, if you're watching. Big time. Thank you, Ari. Yeah. He sent me the uh, link in my, in my messenger and I was Mm -hmm. floored. Like I was starting to read through it. I wasn't that floored. Let's be honest. We, we know that we're givers, but Wow, to be that far uh, ahead of the curve with than everybody else in giving, that just shows you we don't need all these government regulations. We need to deregulate. We know what to do. We don't need them to tell us. I, I won't get off on the yeah. ranting about that because, man, that just ta- what are you gonna are you gonna drop the cookbook? I have to ask you. Oh yeah. Okay. So for everybody. <laughs> I'm totally doing this. So I'm in the process of actually finding somebody that I can use to print it. So for one of the nonprofits that I do work with, we did a cookbook um, last year as a fundraiser, you know, because we were trying to be creative with COVID and try to come up with some different stuff since we couldn't do our normal galas and, you know, those kinds of things. And it actually raised a crazy amount of money. And so uh, in in Clubhouse, you know, we we, uh, end up making some Clubhouse rooms sometimes. And uh, we were discussing... Obviously, there's the uh, uh, the Seafood Libertarian Caucus. Yes. Yeah. That you are a part of. Yes, that I am a part of. Um, <laughs> where we were discussing, you know, jokingly between, you know, different kinds of seafood and then Southern food. And, you know, there's a lot of us that are cooks. And uh, I came up with this fundraising idea that I'm going to do, uh, which is a, we're going to call it the Governor, Libertarian Governor. Uh, where we're going to have libertarians across uh, the United States submit funny stories and recipes and put it together in a book um, and sell it as part of a fundraiser. So I am actively working on that. So keep an eye out for it. Um, It's just a fun way to raise money. And uh, we have some really good cooks in the Libertarian Party. I'll tell you what. No question. No question. And yes, Uh, my, my fried deviled eggs will be in that book. Okay. Well, look, all right. Now I am ashamed to say that I have never heard of fried deviled eggs until we were in clubhouse that day and I had to sit back and listen. Um, I'm going to need that recipe before you give it to everybody else. That's okay. privilege. All right. That's, that's fair. I'll do that. Please. And thank you for coming on the show. That's all I need. <laughs> give me that recipe to fried. Dev- my wife and I love, that's probably one of my favorite snacks is deviled eggs mm-hmm. and she's perfect at them. And now I have to try fried deviled eggs. I mean, oh my gosh. So I won't give away your secrets here. I just wanted to say, because I didn't get a chance to tell you in Clubhouse. Yeah, I'll give it to you, but everybody else has got to get it from the cookbook. But I'll put it in. Everybody, everybody's got to get it from the governor. And you, you made that name up, right? I did, but it took a lot of 
brainstorming from you guys until I finally came up with it, which I'm really shocked that one of you guys didn't come up with it first because it's so so obvious that it worked out. No, I love it. That that is a <laughs> great name. I absolutely love it. Governor for sure. Yeah. And so when is um your actual gut like when is the election? When do we need to have you on the ballot? When do we need to have your signatures? When do we need to have your So we don't that? have ballot access. So there's oh, no. no signatures needed. So in Oklahoma, thanks to Todd Hagopian, um, yes. and others as well, uh, we actually have ballot access secured through 2024, I believe. Uh, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty positive it's 2024. Um, and so uh, we're actually good there. Um, I just have the filing is in April. Obviously, there's going to be primaries and, and those kinds of things. I don't think, knock on wood, um, that I'm going to have an opponent. So I don't think I'm going to have to primary, which I'm hoping stays that way. So if there's any other libertarians out there in Oklahoma, you just don't stay out of it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, so the election is is next November. So I have some time. And I have a lot of big, big, big plans of some fun activities. I have some people I'm going to fly in for um, for fundraisers. And so it's, it's going to be fantastic. And then my actual, like, you know, obviously we went on that whole thing about my history but my one of my main platforms is actually going to be criminal justice reform uh do you know a lot yes. about criminal justice reform issues here in oklahoma not in oklahoma but i'm very familiar with it here and just in general around the country right well so in oklahoma um obviously those who live here, we understand it, but everybody from out of state is always pretty surprised but we're actually the number one we're number one um state for incarcerating women and we're the number two state uh, for incarceration rates um, altogether. And obviously that's per capita. Um, we actually sentence our nonviolent criminals 78% longer. Um, I mean, it's it's a really oh um, horrible system. The jails here, there's they're bed bug infested. Like we have so, so many issues currently going on in our criminal justice system. And so that is, you know, one of my main platforms is helping to kind of fix that. Um, you know, we have medical marijuana, which is great. You know, obviously the cannabis industry is working towards recreational. Um, but we have so many issues where, or um, I pulled up some stats where I looked on actual time served. I think that for uh, possession charges, the average time served was 27 months. And for domestic violence, which is actually a crime versus, you know, versus a whole nother person instead of a victimless crime, the average time served was like nine months. That's so Not 27 even. months, yeah, versus nine months. And so we actually, I'm going to plug an event that we're doing. So on June 12th, uh, the Libertarian Party is partnering up with some other um, organizations, and we're going to be doing a protest um, at the jail here in Oklahoma City, um, calling for the release of, uh, you know, offenders of victimless crimes uh, for better um for a better system for our jailing system of actually keeping it clean, uh, quality food. Um, there was a woman that I met. So yesterday I went to what was called Green Grow Fest, which was an event for our cannabis um, industry because uh, we're coming up on uh, the three-year anniversary of legalization for medicinal. And I have a woman that I met that uh, her son actually, uh, I'm not going to go into the full details of his case, but he was in uh, He's in jail right now. He has been, I think, for two years. I could be misspeaking there. 
Um, but basically he was in an accident that he's getting the full blame for, even though the other person was also drinking and driving, it was in his um, system, but he was the one that passed away the other person, but he, he received um, a pretty bad cut to his arm that they actually pulled him from the hospital, didn't let him finish getting the care that he needed. And now he could be possibly losing his, losing his arm. So, I mean, oh, there's just basic gosh. human rights issues that right. we're, we're dealing with so much stuff here. So, um, you know, that's definitely one of our big platforms. And so I definitely wanted to make sure to plug that event. If you're in the Oklahoma area and you want to come participate, just look up the Oklahoma Libertarian Party or even look on my page, Natalie Bruno for Oklahoma. And we both have the event on there and we'd love as many people as possible to be able to show up. Uh, what What is a link or website or all of the above that people can donate to you and donate to the cause that you just talked about? Just anything and everything that we can ab absolutely get on here to help you and the people of Oklahoma. Absolutely. So my website is electnataliebruno.com. Um, and so I have a donate button there that's now active. Um, I, I announced earlier that it was active and then I realized it really wasn't active. I had to finish setting up one other portion, but, but now it really is active. And then um, if you go down to the footer, there's a link to the Oklahoma Libertarian website. Um, as well. All of these events are posted on there. They're also posted on Facebook. So if you, um, like I said, look up Natalie Bruno for Oklahoma, it's on there in the Oklahoma Libertarian um, site as well. So, um, but yeah, electnatalybruno.com. You can give me your monies. It's going to where it gets cause. Uh, we're Oklahoma. We are, we are killing it. Our whole team I mean, our membership, everything has just been blowing up. The events that we've been doing, the impact that we're doing in the community, because we're we're doing this whole thing where um, the other two parties have been a whole lot of talk and not as much action, and we're all action. We're all action, baby. Um, so we're getting stuff done over here. Yeah, no question. Did I get your website right there? I think I did. Oh. We may be losing you there, Natalie. Technical difficulties all the way around. This is the... Somebody put it in the comments. This is the curse of... Uh, Coming on to Muddy Waters Media. So, Spike, Matt, right? You did. Yeah, I saw fault. it across the bottom. <laughs> okay, very good. Oh, I hope not. I'm hearing you. Yeah, okay. Hold on. Let me pull oh, you no, off. I know. It's you horrible. You're just going to have to have me back on. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. Try it now. We're definitely going to have you back on for sure. Oh, and by the way, we'll be in Clubhouse right afterwards. It's probably the, I, I will say it's probably we'll the second text. that. I will gladly blame them. Yeah. <laughs> are we yeah, good now? Sure. No, not at all. But yeah, we are good. You are very, I, I don't know what it looks like on y'all's end uh, as far as technically wise, but on my end, she's very slow and I can't hear anything she's saying. So, this is a, I am going to fix the tech difficulties over at Muddy Waters because it's leaking into my show, which I've never had before. So let me pull you off. I hope you can hear me and then I'll go on a little rant. We'll check comments and then pull you back on and see if it works. All right.
So, no stranger to tech difficulties. Geez, I know all about tech difficulties. Drew says, bam, right there, www.electnataliebruno.com. Perfect. Yes, Katie, I could not hear her either. That's okay. I'm watching. Look, if you don't know, she's like, she's on the bottom of my screen here. Right there. Uh, you can't see her, but I can. So I'm waiting for her delay to catch up. If we can't, no big deal. You can catch us over in Clubhouse in just a few minutes. We're running out of time anyway, but I will definitely have Natalie back on. Uh, let me put up Drew's comment right here. PayPal, PayPal, elect Natalie Bruno. Drew says it's also glitchy. Yep. This is called the internet. No big deal at all. So please, please, please donate to Natalie. Get her campaign up and running. Well, not that you need to. Her campaign isn't up and running. She is going to be the governor of Oklahoma, and she's also going to help with the down ticket. You know, that stuff is super important. If you watched my episode with Larry Sharp, he used his top ticket and just killed it on the bottom ticket, on the down ballot, <clears throat> where they got so many uh, libertarians elected into office and um, in that state over there in New York. And so it, it just, whatever we have to do to get them where they need to be is amazing. And she's back. Let's try again. Are you there? One last shot. Maybe. Almost. It's so Am close. I? You're almost <laughs> there. Yes, yes, yes. She will be awesome. I have full Wi-Fi. Who knows? You know, as a Christian... Uh, everybody knows I'm a big follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. I've led worship for many uh, ministries and churches. We always love to say that Satan will get into the electro equipment real fast. And so anytime we have a good message out there, stuff starts to break down. It's probably just my FBI or NSA agent. It's my Fed boy trying to shut us down because they know Natalie is a beast and she's going to take over Oklahoma and give it right back to the people. So, um, yeah, that's just part of it. So, um, Natalie, if you can hear me and see me, we love you. Everybody in the comments loves you. We are going to jump right into Clubhouse where there will be no technical difficulties at all. I am so sorry. She deserves every second. And so we'll see you soon. All right, so I, I couldn't tell if I put that one on there or not. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. She will be awesome. I know her personally, and she will do a she will do great as governor, governor. Yes, indeed. Um, I am so sorry for the technical difficulties, y'all. Uh, if you've been watching my show at all, um, you know that this doesn't happen. Like this is kind of a first. And so other than the Nick Wildstar interview where my Wi-Fi um, or my toddler unplugged the Wi-Fi, but that was no fault of anybody else's, but that little turd. And so I actually put her on my kick rock segment. But as far as tonight goes, there's no telling. Uh, Natalie's got people working on the house. There's probably something with that. doesn't matter. I will have her back on. I'm trying to look at this camera right here. I'm not used to it. And so I'm going to get used to it. But anyway, um, Jump into Clubhouse. We're running right at the 45-minute mark. Back to the camera. 
I'm going to point at it until I figure this out. Um, right at the 45 minute mark. Um, Natalie's awesome. I've got to speak to her several times in clubhouse. We've gained a rapport. She is an absolutely brilliant woman. Her and her husband are doing great things in Oklahoma. Please do everything that you can. If you are in the great state of Oklahoma, which I'm being accused of every day now, being my favorite state. I don't know what you're talking about. Oklahoma. I'm from Louisiana, the greatest state ever, which is way better than Alaska. Malik and way better than Oklahoma, but yes, I do love both of those states very much. They love me back so much. I love every state in our unit. I love every guest that we have on. Um, I will see you in Clubhouse in a few minutes. I will drop the promo for Sunday's interview tomorrow. Uh, You know that usually I do a solo episode with a few segments. We will not be doing that Sunday. On Sunday, we will have an interview. We will have a guest, very special, another Oklahomian. And, oh, my God, I hope I'm saying that right. I just made that up on the fly. And so uh, if it's not wrong, y'all love me anyway. And uh, I love you back very much. So with that being said, I can't say my usual tagline because that show will be at a different time. And so it will not be the same Cajun time, but it will be absolutely the same Cajun channel with more incredible content, fun, uh, informative, educational, and entertaining. That's so important. Please, if you're running a podcast out there and you're trying to get this amazing information, most of y'all are way more informed than I am. You know way more about policy and law and all those uh, specific things that are required to fight the state. Please, please, please. Get your voice out there. Make your voice entertaining. We need to catch the eyes and the ears of everybody because our message trumps everybody's. We just need their ear. And then we need to grab their heart, which means we need to give ours. Love your people. Love your neighbors. Love your strangers. Love the people that give you crap, right? Because... They're going to listen to what we have to say. It's called dropping seeds. So I love you very much. I will see you Sunday. Not the same Cajun Tom, but absolutely the same Cajun channel. I am out.